0: Yeah, I've never met one of those people.
1: <laughs> um. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds.
2: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast. All about productivity, organization, well-being, energy, and resilience.
1: My name is Ellie Dodds and I am co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Michael Greenberg of Cool for Content. Michael was referred to us by Engel Jones who hosted a podcast interview that Joe did a couple of years ago. Michael is the founder of Gentleman of Technology LLC, a B2B venture creation and growth consulting firm. GOT specialises in B2B SaaS and service businesses as well as personal advisory services for serial entrepreneurs. He launched his first independent venture Cool for Content in January of twenty seventeen. Cool for Content is a full service podcasting agency for content marketing, audience growth and monetization strategies. Finishing his transition away from day to day at Cool for Content at the beginning of this year, Michael is excited to expand his businesses further into podcasting and B2B services with new acquisitions and partnerships. Back to the studio. Today, I'm
2: interviewing Michael Greenberg of Core for Content. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for joining me.
0: Thanks, Joe. It's good to be here.
2: We were just laughing about the um, the sort of uh, challenges of podcasting and working from home as I'm now in my mother-in-law's house <laughs> because I'm having a floor fitter today and it didn't really cross my mind that it was going to be a bit noisy. <laughs> so we thank you uh, for your patience and uh, the uh, opportunity for us to prove that, you know, flexibility and, <laughs> and, and venue is very important in terms of where you get your work done.
0: <laughs> but the ease that you can change it with podcasting is a real advantage
2: Absolutely, yes, that is true. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and where you do it.
0: Yeah. So I am, I guess I'm a serial entrepreneur now. I've started enough companies, and some of them are still alive, uh, that I can (laughs) take that title. Um, But my name's Michael Greenberg, as mentioned before. I work almost exclusively with business-to-business, remote businesses. So my team's located around the world, now mostly in South Africa and the U.S., and my current businesses are Call for Content, which is a podcasting agency, and that's my primary business. And then I also do some coaching and consulting for experienced and serial entrepreneurs to help with their strategy. And I just launched my newest business, South Africa Talent, which is specializing in virtual staffing for virtual assistants, uh, primarily in the UK and US markets. Uh, and all of those assistants are based in South Africa.
2: Lovely. And what did you say where you're based? I missed that.
0: Uh, no, sorry. I am currently based mm-hmm. in Denver, Colorado, in the US. Ah. Uh, though I anticipate I will be going a little more global with the new company this year.
2: Yeah, sounds interesting. Well, firstly, I was listening to this week's podcast with Nancy Bouquet, and she's also from Denver, because I then did the whole thing about, oh, I always I always think of John Denver when people talk about Denver and Colorado and places like that. <laughs> Music of my childhood. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so particularly asking, because obviously you've talked about having people working with you in South Africa and in America and in the UK. Uh, so uh, as you say, sounding global already and, and certainly sort of uh, moving even more so next year from what you've said. So so let's just um, talk a little bit more about Call for Content to begin with, uh, podcasting. What, what 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 is the service that you're offering and to, to sort of w- what type of people?
0: Yeah, so Call for Content, started out with what is still one of our most successful offerings, uh, authority marketing. And we break that down as podcast first, research back, B2B content marketing for lead generation. And so what that actually means in practice is it, it uses a podcast Uh, We mostly work with coaches, consultants, expert-run businesses is the term we like to use uh, Mm -hmm. to explain when they get a little bigger um, in that they are driven by expertise. They're normally in the professional services and the sale is built mostly on trust. And so what that means for us is that we develop a podcast and we develop the content to position them and then build a prospect list and used account based marketing. Because for most of the firms we work with, they're probably selling a five or six figure uh, package over the lifetime to their clients. And they're looking to add a few new clients every year consistently. And so what we want to do is find their ideal niche. And so this is where the research comes into play. We do a bunch of research, figure out who their best customers are, who their best niche is, and then develop the content strategy to position them in that niche uh, for that target market. And during the creation of the content, normally podcasts, we bring in these ideal prospects we've picked out, uh, either for interviews or for other ways for them to interact with the content so that we put our client in direct contact with the people they want to reach. And so that's-,
2: really that's interesting, sorry, just an interesting um, development on thinking in terms of, as you started to say, you know, people who are sort of experts and so on, it just reminded me of, there was that whole swathe of um, people teaching how you needed to have a book to, Demonstrate your credibility. So Daniel Priestley and Brendan Bouchard and people like that. I don't know, probably five years ago, probably even longer than that. Uh, and you know, there's a whole flurry of business people went out to write write books to use as their sort of beginning of their lead generation. And I I don't really remember hearing many people saying the same about podcasting. And in fact, lots of people start podcasts because they think they're a good thing to do, or because they like listening to them themselves, or uh, they just like speaking or in my case, it was probably more like I didn't want to write anymore. I didn't want to blog anymore. I wanted to use audio. It's easier. <laughs> um, so, yeah, interesting that that you took that concept that in, in my sort of experience was very much around, you know, having books and writing blog and blogs and, and that sort of content creation and actually went with podcasting quite early on by the sound of it.
0: Yeah, I, I was really lucky uh, to consult with a client who had developed a version of this concept for hyperlocal marketing. Uh, and so for like the neighborhood or the section of the city, they had a podcast strategy that worked really, really well. Um, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. So a few years went by when after we had worked, stopped working together. And my non-competed run out, and so I picked up that strategy, and I was like, I think I can adapt this for remote, uh, for location-independent folks uh, who mm-hmm. don't really want to have an office or just sell to their neighbors. Um, and so that's that's what I set out to do, and it worked out. And there you go.
2: Um, <laughs> Excellent so tell us a bit more about why you do what you do you've got three business you've talked about you said you've had other businesses uh, and you know we've, we've really d- sort of unpicked one of them a little bit more but we're, we're going to talk about uh, certainly one of the others uh, a bit later on but why are you doing what you do and why are you doing different things and continuing to do those things
0: yeah so I like to say I'm in the business of businesses uh, the thing that I've done longest is the consulting Um, and I start, I started call for content because in my consulting work, I saw that I was having difficulty selling to people who didn't know me and that my clients were having the same issue. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, we need content. We need to be focused for sales, not for bringing in leads from the wide world. Um, because those are two very different kinds of content. And so I went and I built that, and then I had that tool for myself and for the people I worked with. And along the way, I found a great team in South Africa, and I needed to hire more people, and I wanted to hire there. And so the easiest way for me to hire somewhere if I want to hire continuously, but I don't quite have the resources or need to hire continuously, is to start selling some of that hiring service to other people. Um, And I already had a great agency management system, so selling one more service still based on those blocks of hours um, was no problem. And so we were able to add on South Africa Talent. And I guess I really do it to scratch my own itches uh, because I have these issues on my own. And then I realize that I have the tools to solve them. Uh, But I, I would never build a business if it couldn't help the people around me. If I couldn't sell it to at least 10 of my close friends or network, I'm probably not building something that I want to build Mm. because I want to build things for my community, uh, which is these remote online entrepreneurs of various sorts.
2: Mm. So where does this come from? You've just said you needed some resource, you found some resource in South Africa, but you don't need or didn't need that consistently. And the easiest way to then sort of keep that and keep them busy if you like was to deliver it as a service for other people that's i don't think usual usual thinking of most business people who are looking to find some people to outsource their work to <laughs> we were talking before we came online that you know a lot of people are interested in outsourcing but don't actually do it you sort of took the next step not only are you doing it you you're offering that as a service for other people where where does that come from in your sort of life experience in your in your sort of way that you that you view business
0: yeah so I think it comes out of two major things um one I've my first like real world job I had dropped out of college and was working for a startup having just finished a coding boot camp And my job was to manage an offshore team in India. Uh, Between me and that team, we had like a 40 or 50% comprehension rate of what we were saying to each other. It was bad. (laughs) Um, That did not go well. And I had a lot of painful experiences with offshore teams and with virtual assistants along the way. Mm And the other side is on my mom's side of the family, I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur. And on my dad's side, I'm a fifth. Um, so I grew up around entrepreneurs and talking about businesses and you know how different ones operate and how they get started. And so uh, even though it was the one thing my parents were like, hey, get a stable job, don't start a business, uh, obviously, that wasn't going to work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it it put in me the idea that if you see a really if you see an idea that you think is really good, you've got to act on it. And I thought of the idea for smart shelves like the ones Amazon put out with weights on them years before they did, but I didn't act on that idea and granted it would have failed if I did because the timing was totally wrong. But that little push made me decide to go after. South Africa talent when I thought about it. And actually a big impetus for doing it was two of the guys I had hired uh, for Call for Content were pushing me to go ahead and launch this business. I was like, "Okay, we'll do it eventually. They're like, we should do it now uh, because we have lots of people who are interested. Yeah, And so we decided to uh, take the leap probably a year earlier than expected.
2: Yeah so let's talk a bit about that in South Africa and again you know when you think about outsourcing you know India as you say comes to mind I have some VAs in the Philippines Um, I have a UK VA as well Uh, there's certain places where you sort of expect to find people Um, South Africa doesn't feel very tapped up to now to me in terms of what I hear is is that the case or have I just missed it? it I just passed, it's passed me by.
0: No, it's, it is honestly difficult to hire there. Um, right. We have people on the ground who go to community events, who go to local churches and who recruit. Um, and the reason for that is because people there don't understand the concept yet of online work. Uh, as a real potential option. And they have not really entered the digital economy in the same way because they haven't had the internet connectivity. Uh, they're one of those countries that they got mobile networks and they have fast mobile and now they're getting fiber. And so they're, they've le- leapfrogged that whole cable DSL uh, phone mine phase that a lot of us went through. Mm. Um, mm. And that's... That's putting a different digital divide than we might have in other countries uh, into play, but it also puts us at an advantage because if we train people right, they're trained right from the start, and we don't have you know we don't have the same issues about hiring where we might think we're hiring a person and we're hiring an agency. Um, we don't have a lot of. We don't really have people who are coming into our hiring pool who are not coming from the local community, because the job boards just don't bring that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're right. It's not. It's not a an expected location, and we have to take some extra concerns. Um, you know, we have to select specific locations that have stable power and internet. Uh, more than others, because Mm -hmm. not everywhere has all of that yet. Uh, But it's great workers, and we've been able to find them at very competitive rates. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the Philippines. I've outsourced there for many years, but I just found it easier for me um, to work with from a time zone perspective, working with South Africa, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I'm in the U.S., they're eight hours ahead, um, and so they've they're halfway through the day when I log on, which means they've finished a lot of their other work, the admin and the little stuff, and then I just review, and we go into a feedback loop. Hmm.
2: So I talk quite a lot about outsourcing, and it, it is something that I've done for quite a long time, um, albeit albeit not. To a sort of vast extent, because, like a lot of people, I often get stuck in, not sort of making the time to streamline the processes and, and um, you know, work out how to do that and you know i, I think it's sometimes complicated i've uh, just took on a uh, taken on a new uk va and you know just the first couple of weeks of giving her access to everything and thinking about what she could do and what that then means and what i need to do in some ways you get so tired of doing that you think why am i doing it and then you know it happens it was working and, and you realize exactly why you are because it just makes it so much easier but i you know i know a lot of uh business owners who don't outsource at all and never have done and would love to but don't know where to start and just get too sort of daunted and put off for so many reasons. What's your sort of pitch for the importance of, of outsourcing and, and getting other people to, to help you within your business but by outsourcing as opposed to employing people locally?
0: Yeah, so I prefer to outsource because I don't want to be tied down to a location and nor do I want my people to get comfortable with that idea because our clients are served everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I think you get a better value um, pound for pound spent uh, in terms of quality of work. I can hire a master's student or a recent bachelor's graduate for under $10 per hour US. Um, and that is, that's possible in the US. I mean, in most cities it's $15 mm. is the minimum wage now. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: and, and, and so presumably that, been, that to them is worth a lot more than that though. So I know, you know, my Philippine VA's is quite a substantial amount of money Um, That they get from me even though it doesn't cost me very much because of the you know Cost of living and exchange rate and all that sort of palaver is that that's presumably stacks up the same from what you've just said
0: in South Africa very much It's 15 Mm. Rand to the dollar Mm. Uh, So and the minimum wage Or the average wage, which is probably a better measure is About 36,000 Rand a year Right So they, yeah, it's a significant wage at a good price. And they're not working an overnight shift, which they like a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Win-win. Yeah. So (laughs) I want to, I do want to say, I think if you onboard, if you have an onboarding plan going in, and you have one that's really based around getting things done, getting the tasks done of the role that you've defined for somebody, you can pick up the pace on then getting up to speed considerably.
2: Mm.
0: I think a lot of people skip over really defining what they want somebody to do and figuring out what the day-to-day should look like for that before they try to hire for it.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, and, well, and I think that happens in real in the real world with jobs as well, doesn't it? People often end up getting recruited without little um, idea of what you know, with little idea of what they're going to be doing, or, or half the job defined and the rest of it just sort of happens through osmosis or whatever. I think one of the reasons yeah. I like to outsource is being able to sort of uh, sort of divide and conquer in terms of my tasks as in i like to have a number of people doing a very small part of my business rather than relying on just one person to do everything for two reasons i suppose one of them is um not uh, you know if one of them is not available either i've got somebody else who can pick the work up or even i can do it myself without it being you know a whole job if you like um but also a bit to the point you said about having the sort of you know quality of the people that you work with, you can get people who are are absolutely brilliant at that particular bit and you don't need them to do everything else because you can get someone else to do the other bits that they're brilliant at sort of thing. Because we often, particularly if you employ a full-time person in a business, you get one person who's supposed to be really good at everything and that isn't always the case, is it?
0: Yeah, I've never met one of those people. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's uh, No, you're precisely right. It's it's a real difficulty uh, and one of the major advantages to outsourcing. That's, that's really why I started myself is I realized there were a lot of things that I'm pretty bad at or that I'm just bad at keeping up with. Consistency is a huge one for me personally. Mm. And so uh, if it's a consistent task that needs to be done, I am much more likely to pay somebody else to do it.
2: Yes, yeah. And what are the other sort of characteristics should people look out for in their own work in terms of what they could outsource? I, I agree with you. Consistency is one of the things for me. There's certain things I have to do on a weekly basis that I can manage for about three weeks before I just don't want to do them anymore. <laughs> <Now> that's <laughs> when it's time for somebody else to to pick that up. What other uh, you know? What other um, descriptions or what are sort of characteristics of of things, um, should people be looking at in terms of
0: whether they should outsource something? So I've really focused mine around marketing tasks. Uh, I found those to be the things that I can very easily outsource. Mm -hmm. Um, and I find, I found them to be really effective because they can, you know, I can see results with marketing, um, scheduling anything where it's repeatable, anything that you don't like doing. that's a huge one. Um, so <laughs> I this year I promoted one of my people to become a salesperson um, and it took took about six months of training to get him there. but I'm bad at following up with people. Um, I you know I'm not like a super huge people person. I'm the thinker. I'm supposed to be the guy in the back planning everything. <laughs> um, and that being the case, salesperson made a huge difference. Um, we have a pipeline that stays steady. And there's been a lot of other tasks over the years where I know I'm not the best person to do it. And so I'll find somebody who can take on part-time some of it. And if they work out, then I want to give them that entire task. Because Mm. if I'm not the absolute best person to be doing that thing, why am I doing it?
2: Yes. Yeah. So what do your days look like? I'm just imagining you sort of swanning around, delegating
0: everything to your outsourcing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly it. And then I just (laughs) skip mojitos on the beach. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not quite
1: that. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, I've got every person I add to my team is another potential thing to go wrong. Um, And so more people, more fires every day. Uh, I put out fires, I read books, and I try to plan. I try to do strategy, and I try to do copywriting and content for us because those are the areas where I can really make an impact. Um, And then I spend a lot of time coaching and in meetings with the team. You know, project management yeah. is huge for us. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't know how we, I would not be able to tell you what I was doing today if we didn't have a system that told me. <laughs>
2: That's a nice segue into finding out what that system is. <laughs> so how, how do you manage those projects?
0: <laughs> yeah, so we've actually just put out our first Big article for South Africa Talent. Uh, You can go to SouthAfricaTalent.com slash project management to check it out. And we manage our projects on an hourly basis. So when a new project gets started, whoever's in charge of the project, we call that person the project lead, gets on a call with the project manager for the company and they create the project brief that describes in detail the goals of the project, the metrics we're using to measure it, all of the deliverables for the project, as well as hours estimates for those deliverables, and the team members needed, and the number of hours from those team members, as well as any budget or software needed. And so that lets us go into the project knowing what we need done. At that point, we put it in our project management software, we use monday.com, I'm very happy with it. And we build out our board, which is really just a fancy spreadsheet of these are the hours estimates. This is where we're tracking time for those specific deliverables. Each deliverable has one person assigned to it. And that lets us follow a project all the way through and know where it's at in the process and track how closely our estimates align with the actual results. And so over time, we get better at planning and we're able to plan farther out as a result.
2: Lovely. and, so and I've, I've, I've,
0: I've, I've
2: co- Yeah, I've come, a, come across monday.com but not ever used it. Is, is there Are there particular characteristics of that, that that have made it, you said you're very happy with it, um, you know, if you compare that to some of the other project management tools like, I don't know, Asana, Trello, um, you know, other things like that, is there anything that stands out with that, or is it just your chosen, your chosen one?
0: So, In reality, it's just my chosen one. I think Mm -hmm, most mm -hmm. systems are pretty comparable and they have features to extend themselves to be like other systems. Monday built-in can look pretty much like Asana or Trello, Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to use for somebody who's never used a project management system before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're able to, because a lot of our people have not worked with this stuff very much or at all in some cases, it's much easier for us to onboard somebody when we can say, okay, here's the one page you need to look at, and mm-hmm. you follow this page, you click here, you click here, and then that page will take you to any of the others you need to go to because project mm-hmm. management systems can get pretty complex uh, yeah. <laughs> if somebody's working on multiple projects. So this, this helps, it helps unify it for us. Um, yeah. I guess UI is the only real advantage. I think they're a little easier to use.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, cool.
2: So I'm going to go really off at a tangent here, just something that is intriguing me, and I don't know if you'll have an answer to this, but you mentioned that you're fourth and fifth generation of entrepreneur in your family. Can you see sort of notable differences between your journey and their journeys in their businesses, and I guess it will depend on the types of businesses they have. But you know, given the environment we're in, and uh, obviously a lot of what you're doing is digital, and clearly, not clearly, I'm presuming they weren't very global. But that's obviously a big assumption. But you know, we have the technology to be global now. Have you? has Is that something you thought about looking at? That. Oh yeah. You know, my my. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I was starting to worry. I was asking a question that wasn't going anywhere. So yeah, tell tell me no. more.
0: <laughs> totally different. So my whole family pretty much ran local businesses. Um, right. you know it started with you know department stores and plumbers that turned into some real estate and some other businesses along the way, but no real professional services, uh, which is a big difference that I yeah. did yeah. not recognize until having now worked in it. and it, no digital. So Mm -hmm. the speed at which I can grow and the margins that I operate on are both much higher. Uh, I make more per per client um, and my deals come faster because in something like in in these bigger businesses, they move very slow. Where in real estate, you might have six sales in a year. That's a good year. Um, and you might make a half million a sale, but there's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, Mm, and it can mm. fall through at any moment. Uh, whereas, um, so in short, yes, uh, it is a vast difference, but I'm getting to take some of what I've learned. A lot of the stuff with VAs, uh, I've been able to take back to some of my family and they've been able to take some of that outsourcing into their own businesses. And Mm. even if they're, entire client base, and their work is still very local, they've been able to take advantage of some of that international opportunity. Mm-hmm.
2: Which is- yeah, it's interesting, I've just been reflecting on my my dad, he had his own business, and uh, he died 31 now, 31 years ago, um, just before the internet, in fact, but he had a computer business. He was uh, uh, developing data processing systems in the sort of early 70s. Uh, which obviously was really sort of early days in, in terms of technology companies. But I just think, you know, he had a, 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 um, a big office and lots of employees and all the headaches that that brought and, you know, cash flow issues and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, just thinking now about outsourcing and, you know, I mean, he he, he had contracted and obviously they had contracting for sort of tech guys all that time ago as well. But I just think, you know, the the shapes of our businesses now compared to what they were before and had to be before, are just so different, aren't
0: they? Yeah. I mean, I can start a business for under a thousand dollars and make Mm. it profitable. Mm. Um, (laughs) And it can actually make a difference to me. Um, And that's, you know, that's not, I don't think that's something my dad could have done. I my grandfather
2: no no exactly yeah my, my dad ended up um his business actually um failed in the end it uh, went through a, a massive deal with a computer company who pulled out at the last minute and it all collapsed we lost our house and god knows what else happened but you know he then went contracting afterwards and hated it because he had to work for other people and he didn't want to do that <laughs> um and yeah. i you know as, but as you say if that had been now he could have started off again but you know, without having to go and work for other people in the same way as he had to then because there were no other options, really. So, uh, yeah, really interesting. So, um, what about your... You talked about uh, reading and, and thinking and that that's what you like to do and, and try to do, you know, most of because you're outsourcing the sort of doing. How do you keep yourself, you know, up to speed with what's happening and, and thinking about the, the next thing, and, you know, what sort of things are you reading? How, how do you do that?
0: I spend a lot of time in communities online. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a member of Dynamite Circle and 10X Factory, which are both online entrepreneurship communities of sorts. Mm-hmm. And so I get to hear what other people are doing. And I'm in some masterminds for that. Uh, so we all get to meet up. And I've got one with a dozen other agency owners. And so we get to find out what the guy who all he does all day is Facebook ads. We get to find out what he's hearing from Facebook uh, Mm. because he's spending, you know, a million dollars a month with him or something. And that's really useful intel for me to be able to bring back to my team. Uh, But then I read the news um, and I... I mostly read nonfiction, and I mostly read nonfiction that has nothing to do with business. I like right. biographies, and I like psychology um, and philosophy. I found yeah. all of those be super useful to my business, and especially to my ability to like coach and lead my team. Mm. Um, mm. And then I yeah. watch courses. I take a lot of classes, too, uh, mm. especially in, con- in the stuff we do so I can identify good training materials to pass on.
2: And actually, that's sort of, you know, when we talk about outsourcing and, and getting people to do the things we either don't want to do or we're not very good at. I sometimes think we don't put enough emphasis on doing more of what you've just said that you're doing, you know, as in if you can get people to do the doing, it frees you up to do the the learning, the scanning the horizon, the, the seeing what else is out there, the thinking and all those things that you've you've said. Uh, because, you know, you don't have to do, whereas a lot of people get bogged down in the doing and just don't have time for the rest of it.
0: Yeah, I, I see that all too often. Um, and I think a lot of people, I feel like it's somewhere around 70 to 80% of doing capacity that a person should hire somebody else because that other 20 to 30% immediately gets taken up by training that person. And what happens is a lot of people, they go to 100% doing, and then they go try to hire somebody to help them do more. And what they run into is they don't have time to train somebody to do properly. Mm. Uh, Mm. Yeah, I think Mm. that's that's very much a cycle. Um, Yes, yeah. You're right. It's about getting out of the business, not staying in it.
2: Yes, absolutely. Good old um who was he working on the business and not in it? Can't think what his name was now.
0: I honestly uh, don't remember. I, I think it was the E Myth. <laughs> that,
2: that was the it. Right that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Well done. Glad you came up with that because it could have just been we could have just left it hanging because I couldn't remember at all. <laughs> so yeah. digital. Then we've talked digital. We've talked about a few tools. What what tools and apps are you using and how are you managing your own time using technology, or not, as the case may be, as, as about 90% of my interviews, interviewees use pen and paper.
0: <laughs> uh, pen and paper is definitely my biggest one. Um, I have a double-sided <laughs> just that. <laughs> Right. I'll put that as a close number, too, because I don't want to work on my screen all day. I will print out anything, and then right. just start sending the photos to my team. Uh, Monday, paper, printer um i guess otter.ai is a huge one for us uh that's that was a game changer um and oh drift we love drift um drift.com it's live chat software with chat Uh, Um, right. But they also have, like, outbound email built into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really like it for our clients because we can make, like, a one-page website that's designed to help create conversation and then put the Drift chat widget on it. And then our clients just get those conversations straight to their phone. Um, um and that's worked really well for helping people increase their web conversion rates once they have some traffic going.
2: And making it much more proactive rather than waiting for people to get in contact with them through a route at some point sort of thing. They're, they're there, available there, and then by the sound of it.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that I have seen that make a difference um, where, you know, mm-hmm. we update the page, we put the chat bot on and then maybe two months will go by with nothing happening and then three they get a lead two they get two or three and it just keeps going um and that's one where it's really easy for you to implement you know it's copy paste a little snippet of code the drift live chat version i think is free uh so you can you can get started with something like that in in an instant
2: Mm, mm, that's a great one and you said otter.ai that's a a word speech to to text isn't it and uh, just as you say game changer but also just so much better than than all the stuff that we had before you know dragon and whatever else we might have used It it just seems to work so much better certainly in my experience
0: yeah I mean they they transcribe a lot and transcription is about training your AI to transcribe better. And Otter's Mm. done a really good job at getting access to a lot of AI, uh, audio of varying quality and varying speech patterns and accents. Uh, Mm. So they have a very good transcription. It's great if you're a coach or consultant, it's great to be able to record all of your calls with clients on something like GoToMeeting or Zoom and Mm. then provide them with the transcripts of those calls.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I did used to use it for not use that. I used to use the um, rev.com service for transcribing my podcasts and then I stopped doing it. And I keep saying, oh, I must go back to to doing it using Otter. But then I I just can't bring myself to put out a transcript that isn't 100 percent accurate. (laughs) So then it involves me either myself or outsourcing somebody editing it. And
0: then I think, oh, I just won't do it. Yeah. I've found the editing works really well. And especially if you have a podcast, it's a great task to train somebody new on mm. because they mm. get to learn about you yeah. um, hearing all these conversations. And yeah. that's, it's, you know, it takes maybe for an hour podcast, it'll take about an hour, maybe 45 minutes. Once people get good, they start listening at time and a half or two times yeah. uh, for those errors. Yeah, that doesn't work
2: with me because I talk too quick already. <laughs> <laughs> my my own podcast is about the only one I can't listen to at double time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Then, you know, nobody else is either.
2: Yes, yeah, so that's true. We're getting the full length version. Uh, so a couple of last questions for you. Um, When it all goes horribly wrong, we've said, you know, at the moment, you're swanning around outsourcing everything and, you know, sipping your cocktails on the beach. Um, What happens when that doesn't quite work? No, we said that's not true, really. But, uh, you know, what what about those days where it's all just, you know, it's overwhelming, there's loads going on and it all goes a bit wrong? How do you deal with that?
0: Um, Tea, caffeine, (laughs) Um, I find that's a really good motivator. (laughs) And... I'll, you know, I pick up my lunch on days like that. So I'll order from somewhere I like and go drive and pick it up. Um, So I give myself a little treat. And then meditate or otherwise step back, go for a walk, something like that to clear my head. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes. Then sit down, write out the priorities in terms of how do we solve these things. Uh, I like the Eisenhower matrix when needed it yes and uh, then get to work it's no sense and mope it around
2: yeah I like the um choosing something for lunch and going and getting it type thing uh, it has so many you know nice food uh treating yourself even just going there to get it gives you that time out of the environment that you're in and all that sort of thing I've not not heard that one before I think that that's a definitely one to to bear in mind.
0: <laughs> Thanks. I mean, if you're like me, then you may not leave the house uh, yes. <laughs> until dinner time. If you don't.
2: <laughs> yeah, I definitely like you. <laughs> uh, see, I've left it today. I've, 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 I've come next door. That's not very far, is it?
0: <laughs> no, I think it still counts. I've got a friend yeah. who goes to the shop, coffee shop at the end of the block every morning, so he leaves before he gets stuck in for the day working.
2: Yes. Yeah. So that's where you get to live more. And that's where I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do. What do those days look like for you?
0: So as long as I'm able to be home, I can do a lot of the stuff I really love to do. Uh, I'm a Mm -hmm. big cook and baker and bread baker, especially. So it takes bread, takes a lot of time to make in terms of sitting around and waiting. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you know, I can wake up in the morning, spend 30 minutes working on it, and then spend 30 more minutes at the end of the day, and 30 more minutes the next day. And I'll have great bread in three days. Uh, And so working at home makes it really easy for me to do some of those things. I have Mm -hmm. a little home gym, um, so I work out at home as well. And I get to go to museums in the middle of the day, so nobody's there um and same on hikes i get to travel at the times of year when other people don't want to Uh, so i really get just get to avoid the crowds
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. i love all of that yeah i love the cooking thing in fact i've just you've just reminded me i've made some pepper and ginger soup for my lunch that i just poured into Mm -hmm. a cup and taken to my office when we were about to start our podcast and then when i came here to do the podcast (laughs) at the last minute i forgot to bring it (laughs) <laughs> but yeah we start this morning so uh, it's my sort of I do a bit of work and then go back uh, go down and do some cooking or I might even have the cooking happening around me and sit at the breakfast bar doing my work as well so it, it is quite isn't now I don't remember ever doing that when I was in an office
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I can I can't count the number of times where I've been on the phone on a call even on sales calls and making lunch um yeah Or that I had lunch that tasted that good uh, while I was in an office.
2: Well, your cooking alarm goes off and you have to go and get the food out of the
0: oven. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Not quite so good. (laughs) I think that I've stopped that one from happening these days. But uh, I won't say it ever has.
2: No. Lovely. So it's been great interviewing you, Michael. Tell people how they can get in touch with you and find out more about what you do.
0: So. The best way to find me or talk with me is by going to callforcontent.com and finding the little chatbot in the bottom right corner Mm -hmm. and then clicking on office hours because those are specifically for people to come and chat with me. Uh, We can talk about anything, be it bread baking or (laughs) outsourcing or building a plan for any of the above. I record them and then use them to help give me content ideas in the future. Uh, so that way I can give out that free time uh, without, without having to charge people. Um, you can find South Africa Talent at SouthAfricaTalent.com. Um, and if you want to chat with me on social, use LinkedIn because I'm not on any others.
2: Uh-huh. We We didn't All touch social. on that. You could have done a whole thing about, um, about being very specific about social media. We didn't do that bit.
0: Uh, well we can do that one next time I've got yeah exactly my first job was with a social media company and I have Uh, very specific thoughts about the whole thing uh, which have (laughs) now seemed to be with everyone in that it's not the best stuff
2: That is interesting. I I was a social media marketing consultant uh, when social media first came along. And uh, I've got so tired of it over the years that I'm quite specific in what I do and don't do. And I'm prepared to do and not prepared to do. Um, So, yeah, we'll we'll do that next time, definitely.
0: (laughs) Sounds like a plan.
2: (laughs) Brilliant. So thank you for joining me. It's been great talking to you.
0: Likewise. Thanks for having me on.
2: All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to to powertolivemore.com forward slash 145, then you'll find them there. And this week, I just want to talk to you about how you might find some focus time in order to get some of the things done that you have been procrastinating on. And that's through my own experience. Again, I'm actually dog sitting for one of my friends in Derbyshire, and I have been taking the time every day this week to... Go out to a local coffee shop that is just a really lovely environment and really cheap. Uh, what was it? I had two black coffees and a piece of cake for £5.50. I had to, well, I had to stop myself asking if that really was the price because I thought they'd undercharged me. Um, but I've been there for the last um three days and What I'm doing is I'm actually planning in a particular task, a big chunky task that is really quite difficult to get into and needs a load of focus. And I'm planning to do that when I get there. So my reward is that that I'm in a lovely environment and I've got a nice coffee and a lovely piece of cake. Um, And it's sort of a I can't really leave until I've done it job either. And it's been so effective. So uh, today I spent ages working out an email marketing issue that I'd had and sending some stuff off to a Weber who I use for my email marketing to get them to change some settings for me and worked out some connections between my membership site and the email marketing something that I've been wanting to do for ages and keep thinking I'm going to do but it just took a bit of sort of headspace and focus in order for that to happen and I, I did have some moments where I wanted to stop and I thought oh I'll finish this off tomorrow and I thought no I'm sitting here I'll go and get another drink and then I will finish it before I leave and that's my sort of um uh incentive if you like and uh, i'm trying to even think what i did yesterday uh it was something that i'd been putting off for ages oh i did a new sales page for my membership site and actually put it live um there and then and i've had that on my to-do list for weeks and i had done bits of it but i'd not really got stuck in and got it sorted and again i probably it probably only took an hour and a half maybe two hours to do it but because i was in that environment with that incentive to get it done uh you know it happened um so I'm really looking forward to the rest of the time that I'm here. I'm actually here for three weeks. We've got um, a bit of extra time because my friends are off in uh, Australia. So uh, I say we, me, me and the dog. (laughs) Uh, So quite a long time to be here. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, you know, 15 days of big chunky bits of work that perhaps have been sitting on my to-do list for a while and get pushed out of the way by other more seemingly uh, important things. So um, yeah, so it may not work for everyone. It may not be right for you. As you know, I always talk about how important doing things that suit you uh, is. Uh, so it may not be right for you, but it may well be something that it's worth trying um and if it's not this then is there some other way that you can create an environment that suits you it might be a different place in the house where you work from uh or it might be um that you i don't know use a different device it, perhaps it's something that you can do on your laptop instead of your tablet or on your phone or, or whatever it's about sort of thinking about how can you make an environment uh that's uh conducive To get something done but also making it a a sort of special occasion if you like and planning ahead and thinking specifically what is that one task that you must achieve regardless or maybe it's about creating a reward at the end of it um, so that you know that once you've done that whatever it is you get whatever that reward is that you've uh, um, planned in for yourself so have a think about those really big things on your to-do list that you know are really important but they're really quite difficult and what you can really Particularly do in order to get those things done. If you're interested in that sales page that I talked about, <laughs> that's a bit of a tenuous link there. Well, it's quite a, an obvious link, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, it's uh, powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm. And uh, if you want the show notes for this week's show, they're at powertolivemore.com forward slash 145. And we look forward to speaking to you next week.
1: Use your power to live more.